Welcome to another episode of BHP Book Club. I am your host, Kelly Morgan. Today I'm sitting down and speaking with author Alan Litka. Now, Dr. Litka wrote a book, actually co-authored a book called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life with Harriet Tinka. He was a dermatologist doing surgery, being a physician, and one day he found out that he had a horrible disease and was basically told he was no longer going to live. And through his journey, he did in fact find a cure, but through his journey, wrote this book. And this is a book of inspiration. Um, I truly enjoyed speaking with him. I'm so glad he decided to come on the podcast, be a member of the book club and share his journey and book with us. I can't wait for you to meet him. So why wait any longer? Welcome to the podcast, our newest book club member, author, Dr. Alan Litka. Alan, thank you so much for being a member of the book club and coming on the podcast. How are you? I'm fine, Kelly. How are you this evening? I am doing fantastic. I'm so excited that you're here um, because I love when when authors come through and share their books and their stories and their journey. And I'm interested, we're going to talk about your book here in a little while, Secrets of a Fantastic Life. But I'm interested about the journey, about how the book came to be a book. Well, it's a bit of my autobiography, so to speak. You know, in 2003, I was walking with my wife in Disneyland and she turned to me and she said, what's wrong with you? You know, I was taken aback, Kelly. I, for once in my life, I hadn't said anything wrong. I hadn't done anything wrong. I hadn't even thunk anything wrong. So I said, what do you mean what's wrong with you? She said, listen to your foot. Now that's a funny statement, Kelly, listen to your foot. Well, my right foot had suddenly and mysteriously developed a right foot trouble. It just wasn't behaving the way it should. And your brain is designed to lift your foot off the pavement with every step you're taking. Well, my fight of my foot wasn't doing that. It was flapping on the pavement each step that I was taking. My wife said, did you have a stroke? I said, dear, you're a doctor. I'm a doctor. You know that's not how a stroke presents. But she said, when you get back, you better get this checked out. Now, when your wife gives you that ultimatum, Kelly, I know that you would say, you better get it checked out. And so that's what I did. I decided that I better listen. So I had saw dozens of doctors, probably hundreds of doctors by the time I quit. And they found absolutely nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong. They had done brain scans, they had done cat scans, they had done scan scans, and not one of them really showed anything that was abnormal. So at the end of this, they really went through and they decided that it was time to, to get me to see a brain guy. That guy is called a neurologist, Kelly. And so they sent me to a world-leading neurologist to have a boo at what was going on. So. I walked in and he said, hi, Dr. Leica, you better be sitting down when I tell you this. I said, why? I've got a dropped right foot. He said, no, you don't. You have ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. That 
this is, is a terminal illness. You better get your affairs in order. You're going to be dead in six months. Wow, that hit me like a ton of bricks, Kelly. That was something that was really unusual. So I said, is there a way to prove this diagnosis? He said, of course, on autopsy. Reeled me, I said. Well, I'm not going to die to prove you. But you know, Kelly, when you go through something like this, you really go through a lot of upheaval. You go through what Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote in her book on death and dying. You go through the stages of dying. And those are several different stages. You go through anger. You know, I went through anger for months. I could have bit the head off nails. I was so angry. Angry. It, it was something that motivated me. It's something that was not very pleasant. But at least that's what anger does. It does motivate you and keeps you going. You go through bargaining. Oh God, please don't let this happen. I'll do anything if I don't, if you don't let this happen. But you know, I thought God wasn't listening then. And he, he seemed to have turned his back on me. And there was no bargaining to be had. You, can, you go through denial, Kelly. Denial, where you deny that something is wrong. So I'd work 12, I'd work 14, I'd work 16 hours a day. You know, I thought, geez, if I'm going to die, at least I'm going to have something to show at the end of it. And I said, I'm not dying. There's nothing wrong, just my right foot. But you know, in all of this, Kelly, something else started going on. My right hand started misbehaving. And I couldn't do the surgeries with my right hand that I used to be able to do. But you know, I was smart, Kelly, and I was adaptable. So I learned to do surgery with my left hand. And you know, as a surgeon, you have to tie knots. Well, I was able to tie knots with my left hand. I was able to use the lasers with my left hand. I was to, able to do almost everything that my right hand could do. The problem is surgical instruments are not designed for left-handed doctors, or at least they weren't then. You know, left-handed scissors cut differently than right-handed scissors. So I literally had to get some made for me that were left-handed. And I was able to keep on functioning. But then the worst part is depression. And I'm not sure if you've gone through depression, Kelly, but depression is one of the worst things you can go through. It's one of the, the difficult things that people go through. And it's such a difficult time in people's lives. Uh, everything's black. You can't sleep. You can't eat. It, 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 is, it is a nasty, nasty thing. I'd lie in my bed all morning and not want to get out of bed. Why? I'm going to die anyhow. What's the point in doing it? Do you know, I went to my wife and I said to my wife, dear, what do you think I have? She said, I'm not sure. You know, but you're smart, you can figure it out. I said, well, thank you for the vote of confidence. I've seen hundreds of doctors, they couldn't figure it out. But you're telling me I can figure it out. Back in 2003, something new was invented. It was something that we now rely on back in 2003 it was very new and was very primitive it was called the internet now back then you had to get on by dial-on connections yeah i remember i remember yeah <laughs> and, and when your phone would sit in a cradle and it would dial up another phone and it would go ria 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 for at least 15 minutes and and finally it would connect to the other side it would communicate with the other side 
But back then, computers had no memory. They could, you couldn't call up Dr. Google or Dr. Yahoo or, or any of these search engines that we now rely on every day. They were so primitive back then. But my friends were nerds and they helped me scan the internet. And the big problem with the internet, and even like now, is like the world's best resort, but it's full of garbage cans. And you can't tell the garbage can from the good resources. So it really takes a lot of, of looking and, and pestering and, and so on. Well, after looking, I was able to find a doctor in Colorado Springs, Colorado. His name was David Martz, and he had a story very similar to mine. Uh, but he, he got worse much more rapidly, and he was on his deathbed. So doctors from around the world were coming up to say goodbye to David. They literally were saying, David, you're, you're going to be gone soon. So we want to say goodbye to you. Thank you for helping us. And thank you for, for showing us the way. But a doctor came up from Texas and he looked at David and he said to David, he said, David, I really don't think you have ALS. I really don't think you have Lou Gehrig's disease. David whispered because he was so weak at that time. He said, what do I have? The doctor from Texas says, I think you have chronic Lyme's disease. That's the bite of a tick. And, um, you know, it causes a chronic neurological illness that mimics ALS. And I think if I start you on treatment, I can make you better. So Dr. Harvey started Dr. Mark's entry. And lo and behold, Dr. Marks was Lazarus arising from the dead. Within two weeks, he was back to his normal self. He was feeling so well and doing so good. He decided to actually start treating people with this weird and wonderful disease. And he started a clinic called the Chronic Disease Clinic, the Rocky Mountain Chronic Disease Clinic in Colorado Springs. So I knew I had to get in touch with David. I knew I had to literally talk to him that day. So I phoned every hospital in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and I met up with David at the Methodist Hospital in Colorado Springs. And David and I talked for hours. He said, can you come down and see me? I said, when, David? He said, why not right now? I said, David, I can't. You know, in Canada, it's Thanksgiving. Uh, my wife will kill me. She's invited 50 people over. Well, David wasn't going to let me off that easy. He said, I'm Aren't there any planes in Canada? Get on one. <laughs> Kelly, I got, you know, went to my wife. I apologized. I said, they are not going to be here for Thanksgiving this year. She said, where are you going? You seem to be away a lot. I said, yes, I go away to teach people. I go away to let them know my knowledge. Well, now I, I, I'm going down to see a doctor that claims he can help me. I said, what are you waiting for? I can take care of those 50 people. Here, I'll help pouch your bag. I'll even drive you to the airport. Oof, women, they always drive you crazy, Kelly. <laughs> so, I got on a beautiful plane flight from Edmonton to, uh, to, call it, to Denver, Colorado. It was a beautiful flight, three and a half hours long. And at the end, I got on a little rinky-dink puddle jumper from Denver to Colorado Springs. Kelly, you ever been on that plane? I have. It is tiny. The other thing about it 
It's also, uh, the air comes off the desert late in the day. And that air literally causes eddies, which causes turbulence. So that plane bobs up and down like a cork in a tidal wave. That plane will be flying along and then all of a sudden it'll drop a hundred feet. It'll fly along again, climb back up and then it'll drop another 200 feet. It's like a, a wild mouse ride. It's like a Ferris wheel ride. It's like a, a crazy, crazy ride that is only 15 minutes long, but it's like the drop of doom over and over and over again at Disney Lab until you fly <laughs> And I literally crawled off that plane. And there was David on the tower mat to meet me. You know, it was early 2000s. They didn't have, they didn't impose all the restrictions going on yet. It was a small airport. And Dr. David uh, Martz drove up on the tarmac to meet me. He said, Dr. Leica, I'm going to take care of you. He said, let's talk. And we talked for hours. And at the end of it, David said, I think history is repeating itself. And I think I could start you on things that will make you better. And he did. And that's why I'm still here 20 years later, still doing well and still doing fantastic as a result of that. But you know, Kelly, when you go through something like this, your body and your mind literally says, you know, did I really live? Did I really love? Did I really matter? And you start thinking about all the things you can do and all the things that you can really make a difference with. And so I started to give back to society. And I met a wonderful lady as a result of that who became the co-author of my book. Her name is Harriet Tinka. Harriet Tinka applied for an award that I was giving for the YWCA in Edmonton. We were honoring women in our society because it's the right thing to do and women still do not get as, kudos, as much kudos as they want. So I sponsored this grand gala event. And then at that event, I would give prizes to women and Harriet Tinka applied for a Turning Points Award. Now Harriet had a story very similar to mine, but very different. She was a world-class model walking the runways of New York but uh, she grew tired of that. It's not the best industry in the world. And she decided that she was going to take up her second love, which was accounting. So at the end of all that, she uh, was going to the University of Calgary in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, where she was taking her award. And she met a very evil fellow who was a psychopath. And at the end of the day, he ended up kidnapping her, stabbing her, leaving her for death. Now, Harriet still doesn't know how she got to the hospital, but she did. She recuperated and she wanted to start giving back because a little girl at the hospital by the name of Amber said to Harriet, what are you moping for? I've lost both of my parents in a car accident. I can't walk. You have nothing to be sorry for yourself for. Get out there and start doing things. So Harriet, applied for this Turning Points Award, but her main goal was to say, Dr. Leica, can I take you for lunch? And at that lunch, she said, Dr. Leica, we need to write a book. And that's how our book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, came about. It's about two survivors who reveal some amazing things we discovered 
as a result of the paths we went. And so our book is on 13 golden pearls that we discovered that are in each and every one of us. Golden pearls that will make the day, even in your darkest, gloomiest day, these golden pearls are there for you to have a fantastic life too. And that is such a wonderful um, mission and a wonderful topic for a book. Um, so in the book, you guys co-wrote it. When when did the book come out? When was it published? Well, it's been a couple of years now. I'm gonna look at the date that we actually put down for it because I think it was about two years ago we decided to get it out there. And then COVID hit. So it was 2020 that our book hit the stands. Okay, okay. And so um, it's a, you know, you guys co-wrote this book um, about surviving, each of you surviving something traumatic. In the book, do you give techniques to help others figure out a way to cope and survive as well? What we do is we really help people on our journey. See, our book is a rather unique book and it's really about us discussing each of the golden pearls that are in there. And each of our, each of our chapters has a story in it that helps people to understand the meaning of the chapter. And in there, then they're able to, to use that golden pearl in that uh, daily life. Let me give you an example. In my first chapter, we talk about love. And there's a story in there called the shoebox. And I'm going to read that to you. It's not too long. It's only about two minutes. So there should be plenty of time. There once was a little girl who was extremely happy. She was angelic and had red curly hair. She was always singing and playing. She never walked. She skipped everywhere she went. The world was her oyster. From sunup to sundown, everyone who saw her had a smile on her face. One day, her father punished her because the daughter had wasted her roll of gold wrapping paper. Money was tight and he became infuriated when the child tried to decorate an empty shoebox to put under the Christmas tree. Nevertheless, the little girl brought the gift to her father the next morning and said, this is for your daddy. The man opened the present and even became angrier when he really realized that the box was empty. He yelled at her, don't you know that when you give somebody a present, there should be something inside? Oh, dad, said the little girl, you're so silly. It's not empty at all. I blew kisses into the shoebox. They're all there for you, Daddy. The father was crushed. He put his arms around his little girl and begged her for forgiveness. Only a short time later, a tragic car accident took the life of the little girl. Her father kept the gold-wrapped shoebox by his bed for many years. And whenever he became discouraged, he would take out an imaginary kiss and remember the lovely girl who had put it in there. And when he closed his eyes, he could see the little girl. He could even hear her giggle and feel her on his lap. He actually felt her kisses and in his mind, he felt that she was there with him. Many years later, the man died of a broken heart. He went to heaven and St. Peter met him at the pearly gates. St. Peter said, to enter, you must give me something very valuable. I can't let you in without it. The old man gave St. Peter the most important thing he owned, the empty shoebox. 
St. Peter smiled and said, Teacher, my friend, you have given me the gift of everlasting love, the most valuable gift of all. And inside, he was reunited with his precious daughter. She smiled at him and gave him a real kiss. I missed you, said the old man. Why, Daddy, asked the little girl. I never left you. When I died, God made me into an angel. When you opened the shoebox to get a kiss, I gave you a real one. I giggled in your ear. I sat on your lap. I was always with you. I will always be your little girl. The author is unknown for that story. Wow, that is a powerful story. It really is. And so, you know, do you feel like after everything you've done, Alan, like this book is your way of, of like trying to like fulfill your life's purpose? Well, you know, right now, Kelly, there's a lot of people that have gone through a difficult time. There's a lot of people out there that have problems with their lives as a result of this pandemic and the lives that they've had to change and alter. I think this book is something that everybody should read and everybody should get an opportunity to let the stories in there grow in their lives and let their lives take on a new purpose and a new meaning as well. I think this is an opportunity to really, for everybody to really find a better way for them to live. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, I do think, although COVID did bring us lots of new problems, I think that it also gave us a chance to maybe stop and take a look and figure out what really is important in life. I, I think so. And, you know, Kelly, I would like everybody to get a free digital copy of my book. How do, they, how do we do that? How do they do that? Easy. They, my book is based on 13 golden pearls. So it's 13gpnow.ca. 13gpnow.ca. And you can get a free digital copy just delivered to you immediately by going there. That is absolutely fantastic that you guys are giving away digital copies of the book because you really want people to be able to benefit. And that is um, an outstanding gift. I mean, you can't ask for more. Your generosity is, is really inspiring. And if anybody would like for me to be a, a speaker for one of their groups or things, please look me up. I'm Dr. Alan Leica. That's D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Leica, L-Y-C-K-A, dot com, DrAlanLeica.com. I'd be delighted to help you in anything that you have. And what's the name of the book again? It's called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. And it's available everywhere where books are sold? Any place that good books are sold. Fantastic. Alan, thank you so much for being on the podcast and being a part of the book club. I truly appreciate you. I will make sure that all the information to get your digital copy is in the podcast description. Dr. Leica, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to another episode of BHP Book Club. I am your host, Kelly Morgan. I just wrapped up with author Alan Litka, and we talked about his book, 
The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, which he co-authored with Harriet Tinka. The book is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and wherever good books are sold. You can actually go to his website and download your free digital copy of the book. Go to DrAllenLitka.com, D-R-A-L-L-E-N-L-Y-C-K-A.com. And there you can find the place to get your own free digital copy of his book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. Dr. Litka, thank you so much for being on the podcast. If you are an author and you would like to promote your book, it is simple. I say this at the end of every podcast. It is probably one of the most simplest things you could ever do. You go to my website, which is brightheadedpublishing.com. You go to the contact section. You drop me a line. I get in touch with you. The next thing you know, you are the next author on the podcast promoting your book sharing your journey with all of us. I truly thank everyone who listens to the podcast. I could not do it without you. I am truly grateful. Next week, I will bring you another author and their journey. But until then, keep writing.